Welcome to Ag Over Easy, the podcast from Channel where you get breakfast with a side of agronomic insight. I'm your host, Janice Person, and today we're going to start off the day with hotcakes. They're fluffy, warm, and delicious. Now, if you've ever had hotcakes, you know they're best served, well, hot. The same thing goes for gray marketing advice. For farmers to create a solid strategy, they need to stay up to date with the latest market trends and fluctuations. We've invited Matt Bennett, Channel Grain Marketing Consultant, to discuss how he got into the industry, how to develop a strategy, and why it matters. So let's enjoy our hotcakes while he shares his hot take, shall we? Hey Matt, are you enjoying those those pancakes, those hotcakes there? Yes, I am. They're pretty darn good. So I usually uh, usually don't eat. Uh, I don't eat pancakes a lot. I mean, my kids love them. I try to uh, maybe uh, not eat them too often because I know that it's probably not the most healthy meal. But boy, it's hard to stay away from them whenever you've got little kids that want to eat them all the time. <laughs> um, appreciate your taking some time to talk to us about all things Matt Bennett. So. We've already started with family. You've got kids. Uh, how many? What are they? Yeah. You know, what are they doing this year? We've got five kids, and they're all spread out. So, you know, my oldest, uh, basically, she's 22 and married. She graduated from college in three years, um, and wow. so she's at Fort Benning, Georgia, with her husband. Uh, and then I've got a, it's a sophomore in college. Uh, and so he's still at home, uh, goes to the local community college. I think he's wanting to get away from home for years three and four. Uh, so next year he's probably going to end up, uh, oh, maybe Kansas State or Oklahoma State. He really he really wants to get away to a really good ag school and uh, you know, have it be a little farther from home. And then we've got uh, three more. So Reese is 15. She's a sophomore. Uh, Toby is eight. And so he's in third grade. And then um, Abilene is four. So she's doing some preschool stuff this year. Yeah. Well, five kids, that must be a lot of pancakes or a lot of waffles. Is there, oh. a, is there a divide in the house of who's a hot cake person versus a waffle person? You know, not really. Actually, the, if, if I make pancakes or waffles, they're all just thrilled to death. And so, uh, to be honest, I don't think they have a whole lot of preference as long as they uh, get one or the other. So on the weekends, usually we're big, big breakfast people, you know, and, uh, and if I say, well, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and make some bacon and eggs. They're pretty excited, but they're like, you know, how about a couple pancakes to go with that? So they usually talk me into it. Um, their mom, uh, Tiff, she's maybe a little harder bargain sometimes. So <laughs> she, um, you know, I'm a little easier, I guess. Whenever, and, and part of that's probably because I, uh, I like to eat the same things they like to eat. But Tell me, when did you get into ag and, and sort of how did you get that really moving forward? As far as kind of figuring out my niche, if you will, uh, I always knew I wanted to farm. But whenever I went to the University of Illinois, you know, I took a marketing class and I grew up, you know, in a family that had a couple of small grain elevators and we farmed. So the professor comes in maybe the fourth or fifth class and said, we're going to have this big project this year. You have to find a partner. Um, and the best looking gal in the class comes up to me. I didn't even know who she was. She said, would you be my partner? And I'm like, sure, I guess. But like, why are you picking me? She's like, you're the only one that knows what the heck you're doing in this class. <laughs> And so a light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, hey, I've got something that people want, you know, maybe I can do something with this in life. And that's kind of how I got started really getting interested in marketing because, 
it came easy to me and I enjoyed it. You know, I get, it's just something I enjoyed that, that uh, it wasn't a struggle to learn, um, you know, and, and so that's kind of how I decided I want to farm and I want to be involved in the markets in some way. And, and it's worked out really well for me. So for you, there wasn't necessarily a direct path. It was just tapping into that passion once you found it and then growing from there. Absolutely. You know, basically what I did was I started Bennett Consulting uh, whenever I got out of the elevator business uh, for good in 2014. I had a good relationship with the uh, company that I worked with. It was called Total Grain Marketing. It's a GrowMark-owned facility. A really good relationship with them, but I decided I'd go out on my own, started Bennett Consulting, and then <clears throat> I ran that until 2019 when I joined forces with some other guys in the industry because I'd grown enough that given my travel schedule and a lot of the things I was involved in, I, I kind of need to be looking bigger picture. And so I, we started agmarket.net, me and three of my friends in the industry. And so that's worked really well as well. How do you start seeing the trends coming and how can you develop that skill? What makes that part of who you are? Like, right. I should work I, on it. <laughs> yeah, I think the first-hand knowledge is is one of the main things that that helps me you know as a producer so i've been a farmer been a grain broker and i've been an elevator person and so i've kind of i guess one thing uh, that just came to my mind is as an elevator owner you get to see a lot of different people market their grain throughout the year and you kind of develop a little bit of a knowledge of who's good marketers and who's not you know and and granted they're not always the best marketers and they're not always the worst marketers but you see the ones that typically do a better job marketing and so firsthand knowledge for me whether uh, the mistakes that i've made as a producer or what i've witnessed as a grain elevator uh, or broker uh, person you know the things that i've noticed from them have certainly helped me to be able to identify uh, you know some of the things that uh, are, are important like for instance during during harvest time you know during harvest bases typically very weak because grain elevators as they get full they don't want the corn and so they start bidding less and if someone wants to bring it yeah they're going to make more margin on it um, you know but what they're trying to do is discourage the bushels from showing up and, and finding uh, uh, producers uh, figuring out an ulterior way to do things. And so, you know, that that's something that I've witnessed as, as I've gone through. So firsthand knowledge is, is very important and, and just trying to learn from some of those mistakes, you know, that I've made as a producer. And so, you know, the other thing is I try very hard to uh, make sure I'm reading a lot of different viewpoints, uh, identifying different people's opinions, uh, people that don't always agree with me, uh, or, you know, maybe it's, um, they're just cut from a little bit different mold, but there's been a lot of times that they've been right and I've been wrong. And so it's helped me to be able to figure out, Hey, you know what? I need to be reading them a little bit more often, at least broaden my horizons a little bit on kind of what my focus is on the markets. Cause sometimes if you get locked into one side or the other and you get locked into it too long, it can really hurt you from a marketing perspective. Oh, I agree. I think that diversity of perspective and the humility with which you look at others sometimes, I mean, ego works with us too, right? But sometimes there are factors that others may be paying attention to that uh, if you lived only in your farmer world, you might not catch. So how can a farmer get a good strategy around this for them? I guess the first thing I, I usually tell them is, you know, I can help you with a couple of different things that are very important. And, and one of those things is simply, you know, as a producer, whether the market's going to go up or whether it's going to go down, uh, none of us know. I mean, and if someone tells you that they know, 
um, and they're in the business to quote unquote help you market better, um, I would turn around and go the other way as fast as you possibly can because none of us know. Uh, but the thing that I know in my position is, you know, if you've got profit on the table, that's a really good idea to lock some of that in. And so what I try to help producers identify is, is what is what is my cost of production? You know, what is my break even at given yields? You know, what do I need to do once I get the opportunity to lock in a price that's better than my break even? What are the tools that I can use? And so I think we've got to be aware of the tools we can use, first of all. And second of all, uh, be excellent at our bookkeeping, at our record keeping and figuring out when we can make money and when we can't. Because trying to hit the high of the market every year is pretty much going to ensure that you're going to be wrong every year. And it's going to put you in a situation where you're going to base your decisions on, you know, on emotions and, and fear, uh, fear of missing the market, you know, if you will, or greed, you know, I want more. I mean, that's just a human emotion that we all struggle with. But, you know, if you're marketing in black and white based on spreadsheets, based upon break evens, based upon cost of production, that takes the emotion out of marketing and it gives you a better opportunity, you know, to be able to step in here and make a good educated decision. Um, and so lastly, it's in saying that, you know, I always say, you know, when you're trying to hit the home run, you strike out a lot. And it's like that with marketing. I take base hits all day long, uh, you know, and if I can uh, <laughs> live to play another day, you know, this this ag thing uh, is, is going to turn around. I mean, we, I, there's more people in the world today than what there was yesterday. And people want to eat better. You I know? would agree on that one. One of the things I would love to be able to share with some farmers is where, what outlets do you think they ought to be paying attention to? Yeah, I mean, you know, to start off with, there's some really good ones, uh, some of the university-based stuff like FarmDoc out of the U of I or Fabry out of uh, University of Missouri. Some of those, uh, you know, you can get like a free newsletter. Uh, maybe it's not daily, but most of the time it's several times per week. And if they want to know how, you know, the new farm bill looks or uh, the difference between PLC and the art programs, you know, uh, they actually do research on these and they put it out and it's free. I mean, I, I, every time I go out and speak, I talk about some of these different, then uh, farm docs are one nearest and dearest to me because I went to the University of Illinois and actually I was on the committee whenever farm doc was formed. And I think it's a phenomenal resource for for producers, but so I, I'm I'm amazed at times that some producers still don't know about those. And so, yeah, I, I definitely want to steer them towards some of that research. Yeah, I, I learn a lot uh, on social media, and obviously, social media can be good and bad. But uh, on Twitter, there that is usually where I go to get the USDA report. Shockingly, yeah. I mean, I used to go to Reuters. I'd wait until the little, <laughs> you know, you see everything come through. And now I go to Twitter. Why? Because five seconds after the report's released, someone's already got it filled out. And it's amazing the power of social media. And I think if it's not abused and used appropriately, it's a phenomenal tool. I would agree. I would agree. I think a lot of people get intimidated about social media because they see things that are like so far out of field, right? I think yeah. focusing and knowing what you want to accomplish there, just like knowing what you want to accomplish in your marketing plan and your marketing right. program really makes a difference and you don't get quite so much of that flip-flopping going on. Right. I was going to ask you about a specific piece of advice you could offer people, but it sounds like you just gave one. Well, I, I there's a lot of... A lot of things I could say, you know, whenever it comes to specific advice, I think the main thing 
the main uh, point that I always try to drive home whenever it comes to marketing is you've got to keep your perspective of what you're trying to accomplish and then work your tail off to understand what your situation is <laughs> and quantify it. Know it. I mean, it, it, the problem in the past, and I, I still see it all the time, uh, I've come across some fairly large-scale producers, you know, and it's less every year, trust me. But especially back in 2013, you know, uh, mm -hmm. 2014, I'd come across producers and I'd say, what's your break-even price for corn? I don't know. You know, they tell me they don't know. And I'm like, you're running a multi-million dollar business. How many multi-million dollar businesses in the USA do you see that don't know their cost of production? Because you you have to know that stuff. Uh, and if you don't, it, then it, it handcuffs you at decision-making time, you know? And so uh, we've got to be, we just have to be better businessmen. I don't know too many farmers that I've met that aren't darn good farmers. They can raise one heck of a crop. I mean, the technology available to us now and the equipment available and the things we've learned, they've given us the ability to raise uh, yields that we never dreamed of. You know, uh, when my dad and I are, are joking around about what our crop's going to make this year, oh, you're crazy. There's no way it's going to make that. And so I told him this morning, I said, I'll tell you what, with your bean field at home, you know, if it makes over 75, I get all of it. And anything under 75, I'll make up the difference. It's just amazing the things that we've had, but we still, we've got to be good businessmen because we've got the agronomic part down, in my opinion, for the most part. It's just catching that marketing uh, rabbit by the tail. It's, it's impossible. It's really hard to do. We've we got to get better at it. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate you taking the time to dish out some insightful ag advice over hotcakes this morning. Matt brought a lot of great market info and advice to the breakfast table. As we bundle up our leftovers, it's important to remember that at the end of the day, farming is a business. Today, you really need to fully understand the ins and outs of your operation, in the field and on paper. That way you compare your first-hand knowledge and perspectives with market trends to make educated decisions for the future. You can follow Matt on Twitter for even more advice at Chief321. That wraps up our first episode of Ag Over Easy, a podcast brought to you by Channel. Be sure to subscribe to Ag Over Easy wherever you listen to podcasts or at agovereasy.com. <laughs>